Good morning, and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it is brought to you by the fine folks over at ESPN Bet, now live in Illinois. Sign up today to bet the big game. New users get 100 bucks in bonus bets with any sports book bet. My brother said, how did Hoodie not remember this one? Adam Dunn. Oh, God. <laughs> and how about this for a true story? A buddy of mine is at a bar mitzvah. He looks over. There's Ozzy. Ozzy's at the bar mitzvah. Yeah. And he walks up. And he goes, Ozzy, breaking news. We just signed Adam Dunn. He said, Ozzy looked up from the table from his drink and went, he can't play. Mm-hmm. Great. He was not happy that they had signed him. God. Do you, you remember know, when Ozzy put him in to pinch hit and looked up at Kenny's box? Yeah, yeah I do recall that. It was on TV. <laughs> and he struck out on three pitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shay, let me tell you, when Adam Dunn was in Chicago, there was never a hot day in the summer. You know why? Because he'd fan all the time. He was the yeah. air, air conditioner at the home plate. He was Adam Dunn, D-O-N-E. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just bad memories right hey. there. Wow. That's the era. Bring in an attraction. Here we go. Eucalyptus, come on in. Ken Griffey Jr. past your prime, come on in. That's the White Sox. Bring in attractions just to click the turnstiles. Adam Dunn. Horrendous. Horrendous. Wow. All right, here's Shay. Uh, all right, I actually want to start with the Bulls. Zach Levine, the news over the weekend came out. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Also, good morning, boys. Zach Levine is going to miss the rest of this season. And I, I don't have the energy to really be angry at the front office, Karnaschovas and Eversley anymore. You look at last year, I wanted Levine dealt last year at the deadline. Knew what the team was. They weren't going to do anything in the play-in. If they got into the first round, they would have got bombed right out. They weren't going to do what the Heat did. They did nothing. They were empowered to do nothing. Last summer, I wanted them to make a move. They did nothing because they were empowered to do nothing. Now, when you had another opportunity for the last few months to try to get something done, no trade market materialized because you waited too long. Nothing's going to happen. And now this guy won't even play for the remainder of the season. It's an absolute disaster. But shot or no shot, the true blame lies with ownership for letting these guys do nothing. That is a shot. It starts at the top with Michael Reinsdorf. Jerry hands you the franchise, the keys of the franchise. I'm a baseball guy. You take it over. I don't have the energy. And so you just can't just stand still. Because ultimately, Cap, here's what I wonder. Monday morning, coming up in an hour, 9 o'clock, what's the meeting about that Michael Reinsdorf's involved in? What's the meeting about? If it's not about the team, if it's just about money, the revenue you had over the weekend, your, you know, your game ops, if that's what it's about, then that's a major problem. Are you not talking about the franchise? Talking about the future of the ball club now that Zach Levine is gone? What's the meaning about? It has to be about basketball at some point, doesn't it? It can't be about, let me take a look at the earnings. How much can we make here? What's the teams coming up? All right. Well, we, are we sold out? How'd the new Los Bulls jersey do? Are we sold out? Tell us about the merch. Go ahead, pal. Tell us about the merch. 
Now show us the slides. Aren't you talking about basketball at some point? Sometimes at some point you got to talk about basketball. I've never been the one to say to say tank, but I'm the one that's telling you that this dog don't hunt. You have to start over, and it's really a terrible time to do that because this draft sucks. So there is no Winbin Yamba or LeBron to help you. So what I'm saying is is that even with the assets that you have, if you're Michael Reinsdorf, if you're the other guys in the front office, you have to tear this down. You have to do it. And, and by the way, by saying that, doesn't mean the, Bears, the Bulls are going to be in the playoffs next year. You built this. It's not working. You have to get rid of it. You have to. So, yeah, it is on Michael Reinsdorf, ultimately. It's a horribly run franchise. Horribly. I'm not talking about the business side. It's a gold mine. Oh, it's a cash cow. It's an ATM machine. God bless them. Basketball side, they're a train wreck. Train wreck. They are the settlers. All they settle for is click the turnstiles and be mediocre. That's all that matters. I just I, I, I told you this before, that no matter how great your game ops are or butts in seats or whether or not families are happy at your, your stadium, at some point you want to walk into those meetings. I want to be on that Zoom call with the owners and you want someone to point at you on the screen like they do at Oklahoma City or Minnesota or Boston. And for them to say, boy, you've got it turned around over there. How'd you do it, old man? My God, you're, you're one of the best teams in the NBA. Look where you were and now look at you. And they're patting you on the back and giving you cigars and drinks. And they're like, hey, man, I'm a mediocre team. Tell me how you did it. You've always I had it sold out. You've always had fans. But boy, the operation looks so much better. I'd want that pat on the back. Yeah. That's what I'd want. Right. I'd rather be Oklahoma City right now with 3,000 draft picks and in first place in the West. Right. So not only is your current great, your future is even brighter with all those draft picks that you could deal or be able to put on your ball club. I'd rather be them than the Bulls. I'd rather be Minnesota than the Bulls. There's so many other teams that are so much better than this Bulls team. And people will log on this morning, yeah, but the Bulls are ninth. Yeah, and sinking like a rock. Correct. And that's all on Michael Reinsdorf and that front office. Correct. They're, it's poorly run, man. That's just a fact. And frankly, like I don't, I don't care about the business side. Everybody knows you make money. Look at Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder ran a sports team as poorly as you possibly can and more than tripled his investment in the purchase when he had to sell because the NFL said, you're so bad, get out. He still made money. Reinsdorf bought this thing for, what, $16 million? You're worth almost $5 billion. Everybody makes money. You got to run the basketball team at some point. I will make, I, look, it's very clear to me. Tom Gore's owner of the Detroit Pistons is the single worst owner in sports. The guy's a moron. Lives in California, has no connection to the fan base, has no connection to the team, just bought it. And every investment and every charitable donation he's ever made has an ROI next to it. So again, don't care. Right. But shot or no shot, Reinsdorf with the Bulls has become the second worst. Well, that's a, you know, that's a shot at this point in time, Cap. That's a shot. That's a shot. Because people will well, say, well, what about Washington? Washington's been a dumpster fire for a long time. Charlotte with Michael without Michael. Uh, that dog done hunt. Toronto's tanking and they're rebuilding. Brooklyn has always been Brooklyn. The Spurs are going to be better. With Winbenyama draft picks, that's going to be a better team in a couple of years. So I think that, you know, that Reinsdorf is right there. Has to be. Has to be second or third. Right there, because Charlotte's been bad forever. I mean, it's unbelievable. 
It is literally unbelievable but, where this team is at. Well, again, just to circle back to the point, the, the game ops cannot be the sole thing that uh, distinguishes you in the league. Boy, no matter how good or bad the team is, the people come out. Yeah, you know, a lot of those fans are seeing the other team and their stars. This is no shot at like Kobe White or the guys that are trying on the on the Bulls. We're just saying that the operation is less than uh, mediocre at this point in time. Correct. All right, Shay. All right, it is officially trade steam season in the NFL. NFL insiders pouring over cap sheets, talking to executives, excuse me, to find the biggest trade candidates in the offseason. Over the weekend, you see a surprise name pop up on the potential trade market. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper. Browns are projected to be over the salary cap next season, need to make some moves to get younger. They can save over $12 million by getting rid of Amari Cooper, who had 1,200 yards on 72 catches despite having four starting quarterbacks. Shot or no shot, the Bears should trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, That's a no shot for me. He's a good football player. Really good football player. I'm not trading for veteran. How old is he? 30? Amari Cooper? Yeah, Amari so at least his second team. Twenty nine, twenty nine. Yeah, yeah. He'll no. be thirty next season. Yeah, and is when's his contract up? I, like these things all have to be looked at. Yeah, he's no. Got void years after this season, so you effectively take on one year at about twelve million, and then you're free. It's, it's a no shot. I'd rather get a draft pick in that spot. Same here. Or um, sign a much younger player, mm-hmm. T. Higgins. If I'm going to pay, then let me go sign. T. Higgins is a free agent. It's a nice player, but I would rather get a, a draft pick as a young wide receiver to build. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Shay. All right, yesterday the Pro Bowl gave a preview of what is soon to be an Olympic sport. Flag football. The NFC won for the second straight year by a score of 64-59 to 59 in the flag football edition of the Pro Bowl games. Shot or no shot, the flag football Pro Bowl is actually entertaining. I saw a little of that, uh, just going through trying to get to the college basketball that I was watching yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's a shot. I, you know what I love? The NFL gave a middle finger to everybody that says, oh, this NFL, it's like flag football. Oh, is it really? How about we give you flag football then? F you. Here's flag football. You think the NFL is flag football? Here you go. There's your flag football right there. <laughs> uh, you don't have to worry about head injuries as much. Uh, looks like the guys are having fun. You know, the thing about football that's different than baseball or, or basketball, the other sports cap, is that in flag football, you can see the faces of the players. They're not just uniforms and helmets. Correct. You can actually see these guys. Yeah. And I, that, I think that matters to a certain audience. Yeah. I'll rely on you guys for that. I saw exactly zero seconds of it. Had zero interest in watching it. Nothing. No, no thanks. But just the, the premise that he's asking, does he believe, do you believe it'll catch on? No flag football or how entertaining it will be well one thing for sure for young people it will be because of how much scoring that we saw 64 to 59 to young people just to see the ball go back and forth absolutely i think that young people can relate to that because they play flag football yeah i just that will never be something that will catch my attention i would have if i was home yesterday i was not it's my grandson's birthday today Mm -hmm. happy birthday ben three um, I would have been watching college and NBA basketball. I would not have watched that. That is zero intrigue to me. Shay? Yeah, I watched college basketball yesterday, Purdue, Wisconsin, and then last night I watched the Grammys. 
And Taylor Swift became the first artist in history to win Album of the Year four times at the Grammys. This Sunday, she gets to watch her boyfriend with a chance to win his third Super Bowl. A lot of achievement in that relationship. Shot or no shot, if the Chiefs win, Taylor Swift should get a ring. Excuse me? <laughs> You're joking, right? This is all over social media. Our director of content, Danny Zetterman, sent this to us. Well, do you have your answer? Because I got mine. Okay. Absolutely not. She's got nothing to do with the team. Hey, you're going to give her a ring? For what? No, absolutely not. If they give pendants like the Cubs did, or the wives got a necklace, which like a half ring that was like a necklace, it was a keepsake to say, hey, you're part of it too. Okay, that's fine. A ring? Get the F out of here. And I like Taylor Swift. Okay, well, for my answer, that is a shot that she should get a ring. There's no question about that. And the reason why is because if you are Travis Kelsey, you're trying to strike while the iron's hot. Imagine him going down to bended knee, especially if they win the Super Bowl, and she gets her ring. What's she going to say? He gives her the Super Bowl ring. That's exactly right. <laughs> so no question that she should get a ring at the Super Bowl. Obviously, they don't get the ring until the following season. He should get a ring pop. That's right. And go, baby, this is going to be my Super Bowl ring when I get we'll bring it. bring one yes. of the other no. Super Bowl rings. So, so I, would, I would say that's a shot. She should get a ring at the Super Bowl. If they win, what a moment that would be. It's not like we've never seen players propose on the field before. I think that would be great. Yes, Taylor Swift deserves a ring if they win. That would be amazing. You talk about you talk about breaking the internet. I mean, the the music people, the football people, like, oh my God, she said yes to Travis Kelsey. That'd be a hell of a moment for the Super Bowl. Wouldn't she say no? I, that's the thing. Well, if content, she's content, for radio, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gold. If she says no, it'll be in an album. If she says no, forget about recapping the game. Three hours on Super Bowl Monday talking about Taylor Swift telling Kelsey no. How could she do that to Travis Kelsey in the biggest moment? Take that, Swifties! Take that! Around the NFL is right around the corner on the Cap and J-Hood Boarding Show. Wow. Welcome back! Welcome back to Capping Jay Hood on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? Oh, Time to go around the National Football League on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with you until 10 o'clock. Then Mike Greenberg comes in at 10. Carmen and Yurko 12 to 3. A crosstalk with Wallen Sylvia at 2.30. Black and Abdallah at 6.30. All part of the mix here on the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. Around the NFL, here's Shay Norling. Shay? I'm going to be all Super Bowl all week in Around the NFL as we say farewell to football. The 2023 season comes to an end. All of this will culminate, Hoodie, in a very exciting prop bet extravaganza mm-hmm. on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. But today, I have a roster deep dive, a breakdown just to show how far apart these two teams are and why it ultimately might not matter. All, right. all 22 positions, who's the starter in the all-Chiefs-Niners team? Okay. 
So at quarterback, we don't even need to have a conversation. Brock Purdy's not a bum. He's a fine player. But he ain't Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the starting quarterback if you fuse these two teams together. That's exactly right. It is Patrick Mahomes. And no, Dan Dockich, no, no. Brock Purdy's not a bum, but we're talking about the best of the best. Dockich on a rant this weekend, thinking that there is a, that there's some, that people are against that young man. No one's against Brock Purdy, but he's taking on Patrick Mahomes, for goodness sakes. That's the whole thing. All right, so what Mahomes, quarterback. All right, next. Running back, I think it's the same deal. No offense to Isaiah Pacheco, but we don't even we don't need to have a conversation here. Christian McCaffrey's the best in the business. Yes, that's a fact. Fight doctor. Not going here, but we're going to go with McCaffrey. That's Ferdy, not Isaiah, and they're not related. Shay. Huh? Ferdy Pacheco was the fight doctor, and he is Caucasian. Isaiah Pacheco is African-American. They're not related, and Ferdy Pacheco is long dead. Oh, I don't think we needed that. that. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Poor guy. Check your sources on that. Go ahead, Shay. Let All me right. look. Starting wide receivers. We're going to have three of them. Both these teams run three wide receiver sets very often. We've talked about the Chiefs receiving core all year. It's not very good. At one, Debo Samuel. At two, Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. And at three, Rasheed Rice. Fair? You like that? All time? Like Samuel, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, and Rice as your wide receivers. One, yeah. two, and three. Yes, I agree with that. By the way, Ferdy Pacheco is dead. Yeah. Oh. What what source are you looking at? Google. Yeah. Wrong thing. I'm a Bing guy. Go ahead. Wow. <laughs> Tight end gets interesting. I wrote down George Kittle, but I'm willing to hear if there's a dissenting opinion. I just think in the wow. year of our Lord 2024, Kittle edges Kelsey by a very little bit. No, I disagree. I'm taking... I'm going Kelsey one, Kittle two. It's close. Yeah. And by the way, it's close though, Shay. But if well, you you take Kittle wide, do you think Kittle is is he younger than Kelsey? He is. I think he's been more productive certainly the entire season. Maybe not as much in the playoffs, but he has been productive in the playoffs and the whole season. Kittle, I think, led the league in receiving yards among tight ends. He was still a top two or three tight end. Kelsey all year really wasn't. Well, that's 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 a tight one, Cap, because we're talking about two. Hall of Fame tight ends. Kittle also brings a lot in the run game that Kelsey does not. Kelsey caught 30 more passes this year. Did and he, he had like 300 fewer yards. No, he did not. Didn't, wasn't Kittle at 1,200? Kittle was at 1,020. And six, Kelsey was at which, 950. And uh, Kelsey was at 984. He had 53, or excuse me, five TDs along a 53. Average 10.6. George Kittle... Uh, had average 15, long of 66, had caught six touchdowns. One more. Regardless, if we're That's including... Tight. if Sorry, Hoodie. If we're including run blocking, it's not even a conversation. It's Kittle. Okay. I'm, I don't care about run blocking. I'm talking about who what? I'd rather have a tight end. No, I mean, no, but it's, it's part of it, though, Cap. Like, all of it. The production. Oh, I agree. It's all part of it, yeah. but I'll take Travis Kelsey. That's fair. I, I think it's tight. Uh, you know what? Jay Moore. Tie break it. Kittle or Kelsey at tight end? Mm. It's close. It's close. Yeah. Uh, who's the oldest? Kelsey. Kelsey. Ah, see. By what, a year? How much? Ah. I would have to go with uh, Kelsey because he has the hot hand right Kelsey's now. Kelsey's four years older than George four Kittle. Years. There you go. Here we go! 
Here we go. Yeah, he's got the high hand right now. All right, so I, I, I'll adjust this to Travis Kelsey. Uh, the oh. offensive line, I, I know a lot of people don't know every position on the offensive line, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The tackles I gave to both San Francisco tackles, the Kansas City tackles are terrible. Jawan uh, Taylor, been the worst right tackle in football, gets penalized a ton, gives up a ton of sacks, doesn't know where the line of scrimmage is. It's the biggest weakness on their offense, even with the wide receivers, is the two tackles. So I gave those both to San Francisco. The entire interior, both guards in the center, Creed Humphrey, go to Kansas City. If we accept Kelsey ahead of Kittle, then... You give six players to Kansas City, five to San Francisco. If you go Kittle, flips. Yeah. The defensive side of the ball gets very interesting. Okay. Both edge rushers go to uh, San Francisco. Chase Young, even at a lesser productivity, edges out anything that uh, Kansas City has. He's better than George Karloftis. Oh, no way. Clearly better. No. Yeah, Nick Bosa for sure. I'll take Karloftis over Chase Young every freaking day. Going forward or right now? I like right Karloftis now a lot, but I, 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 he ain't better than Chase Young to me. Chase Young is done, man. Done. Why? Because the Bears didn't take him? No, because he's not healthy. It, and that's why the Bears didn't take him, right? Because that was Multiple out there. Multiple teams did not. And that's yeah. why he only got the rest of the year. with, And he'll go on one-year deals, it looks like. I just remember I was talking about that. Had, uh, he was a possibility. And the Bears end up getting sweat instead, which was the better move. Oh, my God. Crazy good. So, so in the battle of Karloftis versus Young, you like Karloftis better, correct? Uh, I like Karloftis from Purdue better. Yes, I do. Got to look at those. Got to do a side by side on those numbers. By the way, I am looking it up right now for you, Jonathan. I wrote Chase it down Young at- had a whopping two and a half sacks this year, mm-hmm. and George Karloftis, who I like a lot, that guy plays hard. Starts with a K, by the way. Yes, thank you. Good, great. Ten and a half sacks. He was very good this year. Ten and a half sacks to two and a half. And you're going to take Chase Young? You've lost your mind, football guy. I like like Chase Young a lot. I'm higher on him than most. He has not been productive this season. There's no arguing about that. I'll flip it to Karloftis. That's fine. Karloftis. Let's go defensive tackle. Chris Jones and Eric Armstead. Both teams run a 4-3. They split them. I don't think there's any argument there. Chris Jones and Eric Armstead are both. Great. Going to be the two defensive tackles. Yep. Great. How about linebacker? All Niners. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oren Burks. All three of them. Fair. Who are the three for the chief? Bad. That's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait a minute. They're not very good. Not just a second now. Bad's a three-letter word. Spags hides a lot of their weaknesses in the secondary with A, Trent McDuffie being incredible, B, blitzing his ass off. So Tranquil, Bolton, and Gay from right to left on your radio dial. I'll tell you what, that's a really good KC group, man. Gay? All of them. Yep. All of them. I I agree with him. If you want to just take the best guys... I guess I, I understand where he's coming from. Relative that Kansas to, City defense is really It's good. fantastic, but relative to Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, and Oren Burks, all three linebackers from San Francisco are starting. Shane is right. Okay. And it's not just because of the names we know. It's just because of the production. Now, to your point, Cap, you're talking about how they all work together, you know, like a fist. Like, you know, there might be, not be big names, but the point is, though, San Francisco's They've got the, the production Fred at that Warner's spot. Yeah. The, maybe the best linebacker in football. Difference maker. Yes. All right. Uh, secondary? Uh, again, this is going to be split at corner for me. 
Trent McDuffie for Kansas City, he's phenomenal. One of the best players on the defensive side that I've watched all season. He's an unbelievable player. And Traverius Ward for San Francisco. And then safety, again, both go to San Francisco. Jair Brown and, unbelievably, Tayshawn Gibson, if you watch, has been really solid on the back end of that defense. God, the Bears used to have a guy with the same name, Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah, believe that? He just didn't look like that when he was here. By the way, he kicked he kicked ass in the preseason. He was okay with us. He wasn't great, but you remember that he, he was really he was, he was playing for I mean playing for his job, playing for his life. And I was just told by my friend who is a Grammy voter. Yeah, he's a Wyoming player too. Gibson. Wow. Yeah. Yes, that's the guy. So, so uh, your thoughts, Cap, on Justin Reed and Mike Edwards at safety? Go ahead. Your thoughts. Who? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. You know, so there you have it right there. There you have it. Who's the Chief? Who is the Niners DC? And Steve how, Wilkes. Steve Wilkes. There you go. Brother Wilkes. Brother Wilkes. And Brother Spagnolo on the other side. All right. Special teams. Oh, I'm not doing special together. I'm just doing the 22 starters on the offensive Well, and I will tell side. you, Kansas City has a massive advantage at kicker. Massive. That Bucker? Harrison Butker is phenomenal. Their punter's really good as well. Uh, My point is, if you go through the roster breakdown, by my count, and you had some arguments, I'll take Chase Young off. We'll go San Francisco as 14 of the top 22 players in this game. And yet they are a two-point favorite. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. San Francisco, 14 of 22 players. You said, right? 14 of the top 22 players, by my count, belong to the San Francisco 49ers in this game. And yet, I'm picking the Chiefs. I will be on the Chiefs this week. I'm happy to spoiler alert it. And they're only a two-point dog because they have the best quarterback in football. This is a very roundabout way of making the point. Everybody's trying to catch up to Kansas City. And while you might want to build up the roster, the fastest way to do it is to just hit a home run at quarterback. That's what Kansas City did. Now they can pay him out of his keister for the rest of his career, and they'll be fine despite having lesser talent at big positions on the roster. They're still going to make the Super Bowl. They're still going to be a short dog or a favorite at worst, and they'll probably win most of them. Hit a home run at quarterback, man. Yeah. So can you um, – let's assume Caleb is who everyone hopes he is, and all of a sudden we've got, like, that guy, top three guy in the league. Yeah. I want to know how many people in town who didn't want to take him and trade, get picks, whatever, are going to fess up and go, I didn't think he'd be this good. Oh, no. Or will we fess up? I think we will. Yes. Hey, man, we wanted Caleb and he didn't work out. Yes. It's, and it's okay to say that. We're here every day. Mm-hmm. Those, those that we hear from that are big on Justin, and if it works out with Caleb Williams in Chicago, those guys will just fade into the wall. Correct. Fade into the beige. Correct. Like it never happened. But correct. we know it happened because we've been hearing it and reading about it on our social media. That's correct. So, so you have it there. All right. Coming up, uh, still to come, we'll have uh, Jay Moore's Grammy Corner. We'll take a look at uh, what's happening with the, the Grammys last night. But uh, coming up next, surgery or playing for Detroit? What would you rather do on Cap and Jay Hood? Get the scalpel. Here's today's headlines Headline. with Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Chicago. Now time for headlines here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show, brought to you by the Village of Bolingbrook. Elevate the future of your business at bbolingbrook.com. 
Here's David Kaplan. Cap? Thank you, John. Appreciate you, buddy. Good good network toss I just did there. Beautiful. Bad news for the Bulls. Not only did they lose to Sacramento at home <laughs> over the weekend, 123-115. Kobe White led the scoring with 26. De'Aaron Fox had 41 for the Kings. He was ridiculous. But the Bulls learned that Zach Levine is opting for surgery on his right foot. That ends his season and any hopes of trading him at the deadline. White Sox made two trades over the weekend. Gregory Santos to Seattle. Uh, they picked up a bunch of prospects and outfield prospect Dominic Fletcher from Arizona. And the Washington Commanders have hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. He coached Caleb Williams at USC last year. Caleb is from the D.C. area. Everybody's starting to speculate. Luke Getze, the pariah of Chicago, is the new offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders. Jay Moore! And Jay Hood on Bears. I want to thank both you guys, man, for the great season of Bears information. And I just want to say I appreciate you guys and I love the show. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Catch a show on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN with Down Chicago. Also on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for the ESPN Chicago channel as we're glad you're with us here on this Monday morning, the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. A 312-332-3776 is our phone number. By the way, Cap, we saw that uh, Steve Belichick, the uh, son of Bill Belichick, is to become the defensive coordinator at Washington, which means this will be the first time we actually heard Steve speak in the press conference. He didn't do that in New England. So Never he's gonna, spoke. He's going to have to talk. He is. What, what do you think that sounds like? Maybe, you know, sometimes a personality skips a generation. Like Harry Carey, Skip Carey, Chip Carey, right? Harry was all over the place. Hello again, everybody. Harry Carey at Wrigley Field. And then you had Skip Carey. Here at an empty Fulton County stadium in Atlanta. The Braves take on the X-Files. Back with more in a moment on TBS. And then you got Chip Carey. Well, a gully washer here in Chicago. Right. You know, so it just kind of, so I wonder if Steve, is he like, you know, got the lampshade on? <laughs> I'd right. like to hear that. Uh, you know how Bill is. Um, we're out to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Right. That's what I want to know. Does Steve, does he, now that he's away from his old man, does he come in there with, you know, the fireworks and guns blazing? What up? What up, Washington? What up, Chocolate City? Could you imagine? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine that Jay Moore comes? What up, Chocolate City? DC in the building. Like, uh, what if C. Belichick's like that? Emerald Town, I'm here. What up? What up? Wizard, stand up, baby. We know what's going on. Steve? Brother. Steve? What's wrong with you? I wonder, does that work? How, how the personality skip a generation? Yep. New DC, University of Washington. My friend, we found out over the weekend about Zach Levine. Ops for surgery. Ops for surgery on his right foot and will miss the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. So he enters his third year of a five-year max deal next season and uh, untradeable at the deadline, obviously. And we'll get there Thursday with the trade deadline in the NBA. And, and I just predict that the Bulls are going to stand still. However, Cap, at this point in time, you have to be able to look at it for what it is. The Chicago Bulls are a non-factor in the league. They just are. The best story of the season is Kobe White, someone who you've been going after ever since he was drafted. And at the time, you and I were both at the Advocate Center, and we, we talked to each other at times like, Kobe White being drafted? Uh, combo mm-hmm. guard. The Bulls uh, honestly tried to trade him multiple times. Yeah. They were talking to San Antonio. Remember when they tried to get Jakob Pertle, and they said, we'll take Kobe White and a pick. Uh, no, no, no. We're not going to do it. And 
Good for them, man. They've def- the kid has worked his tail off. It took a while, but he's a hell of a basketball player now. And the new head of player development there, Peter Patton, the former DePaul guard, mm-hmm. he's done a great job with him. And Kobe has worked incredibly hard. He's a star. He has turned into a star for sure because he's averaging, was it not, Cap? He's uh, 19.2 points a game. Correct. Should be in the All-Star game. He should be, but the Bulls aren't very good. <laughs> so, and he's behind Jalen Brunson, who might be the best point guard in the league right now. Yes, another guy that should have started right away. I mean, he's that, yeah. And by the way, as an aside, Doc Rivers is going to be coaching the Eastern Conference uh, All-Stars. He laughed about it. He's like, really? I coached one game and I get named the All-Star coach? You know what? He should opt out. And by the way, he hasn't turned the Bucks around himself. Um, that should be the assistant coaches and all those coaches that coach the Bucks, not Doc. Sit out. Sit out. You guys handle it. Yeah, because it's embarrassing. You're the coach of the East. What have you done? You sat there with Mike Breen, and then you, you uh, got the knife out on, on Hawk Griffin, and now you're the head coach of the Bucks, and now you're going to sit in my seat? Get out. Get out, Doc. <laughs> right. Get out. But surgery versus playing for Detroit, because that's the story that was out there, Cap, about, you know, and, and I told you through sources, the only trade that made sense from a money standpoint is the Bulls trading Zach Levine to Detroit for parts. And we heard the quote from Billy Donovan saying, ah, you know, I just don't want bodies here. Well, what do you got now? You got bodies. You kind of got bodies now. What difference does it make? So do they trade DeRozan? Well, they should trade DeRozan. Agreed. They should trade Caruso, too. I would say that by Thursday, that should happen. And for those Bulls fans listening, it's like, how could you do that? Well, where are you at now? You can't be satisfied with this. And the problem is, Cap, is that this is not a this year problem. This is a problem for the Bulls for the next five seasons. This, uh, moving forward, there's going to be a problem. And it's not necessarily about the Bulls as much as it is Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, uh, Cleveland. Knicks are much better right now. So there's a ceiling right there for the Bulls. They are destined from six on down if they're good. Six. Because there's other franchises that run better and are on the rise. Even Indiana's better. Not a surprise, right? Pacers are better. So what I'm saying is, is that whatever teams you make, the best you could do is in that second tier of NBA teams, six and, and down further. This is who they are. Make the deals now. What are you standing still for? Uh, okay, so let me ask you this. Let's not to say I got you or we're right or we're wrong. Just to see what we think now. It's Monday. Jay Moore, save the tape. Will the Bulls make any type of a substantive addition? I'm not talking about picking up... You know, another Javon Carter type or another Tory Craig. I'm talking, will they move DeRozan? Will they move Vooch? Will they move Caruso or anybody at that level by the deadline? You know, what makes that, that deal, what you just describe it as, is what you get in return. How do you make a deal like that? Like, you could trade those assets yet, but what are you getting in return? That's what makes a good deal. If you're just moving assets, sure. Like Caruso and DeRozan should be at the top of that list. Vucevic stays. Yeah, because of AK. Can I say something inflammatory? Because of bring it on. Well, be careful. It's a day that ends in Y. You always do. I think you got to trade Kobe White. Okay, that's just stupid. Why is it stupid? How old is Kobe White? No. Besides that, we see the production. Okay, and what am I getting for Kobe White? He's 23 years old. He okay. will get I, if, if he's going to produce the way he's been producing, you might get multiple first. Like, you're they, not it's getting hard to find a guard. Not get, 
okay, at that uh, age that can play like this. Okay, multiple first where? One of them in the 20s, and there'll be lottery protection over the top three. No. If you're going to blow it up, it does you no good to hold on to this kid and max him before you actually have draft capital to do anything worthwhile. I think you got to move him. No. Well, the first he's tw- If he's 29, I get it. He's 23 years of age. Shay, what am I going to try and do? Find another Kobe White that I can develop over the next four years? Yes. That's stupid. It's the same reason I think the Pistons got to trade Kate Cunningham. You got to rip the Band-Aid off at some point. Kate Cunningham's like 21 years old. They got to trade him. That's just stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. they have six wins. You can't just keep these kids. They don't want to play there. You think Kobe White wants to sign another contract here? You got to move him. God. Well, look at it this way. You ask who would want, who would give you first-round draft picks. You go to the home that has all the draft picks. Oklahoma City. Hey, hey Thunder, I know you got 7,000 draft picks, and you need a backup guard, and you're in first place. You want to solidify yourself? Wait, wait. Backup guard? Yeah. He, <laughs> he ain't starting over, over Josh Giddy or uh, Gilgis Alexander. Absolutely not. He's a backup guard. Oh First God. guy off the bench, Kobe White. <laughs> yeah, microwave. He's going to the finals. <laughs> microwave. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're getting pressed. He to flip you every pick he's got. Yeah, no cap. He's he'd be the sixth man off the bench, which is fine. Not as many shots, but I mean. Productive. Yeah, I'm you not trading. Stuck. Stop. I'm not trading 23 year old Kobe White. That's you are dumb. stuck with Zach's contract now for three years. He ain't opting out of 48 million at the end to bet on himself. He's taking it. Okay, you guess are what? Stuck. Your owner's worth billions. At some point, but the cap exists. You have you are held over a barrel by this guy. And the good news is at least you have a young asset that people in the league might care about. You gotta flip him. Wow. I know it hurts. It's going to hurt when the Pistons trade Kate Cunningham, except they won't because their owner's a dingus. Like, this this is a move that better teams make, not because they want to, but because they have to. No, it's a move that teams make that want to stay bad. Cade Cunningham is 22 years of age. He was the number one pick in the draft in 2021. Trading him is Is he going to sign a contract in Detroit? If he gets a max deal, yes. No chance. He's not going to take less money somewhere else. Six games. You know, Cap, if you trade young assets, all of a sudden you're helping teams like the Magic, like they did with Wendell Carter Jr. Right. (laughs) No. Or or marketing. That is just (laughs) dumb thinking. All right, we got Jay Moore's Grammy Corner. Did you watch the Grammys yesterday? Did you read about it? Jay Moore's got some insight, and he'll give it to us coming up next on Cap and Jay Hood. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. We turn now to Jay Moore with Grammy Corner. The Grammys taking place yesterday. Jay Moore, Jay Moore, you spent some time in L.A. making sure your votes were solidified. Yeah. And so here we go, 2024. First of all, your overall thoughts on the broadcast. Uh, I thought it was better than last year. There was still some technical issues, but, uh, you know, under new management, they are trying their best to get it right as possible. All right, let's talk about some of the categories here. First, uh, best pop solo performance. Miley Cyrus, Flowers. That seemed like that was a theme in the broadcast. Miley Cyrus doing well. Yeah, you know, 
actually, that's one of my picks. I thought that that was pretty, like, one of her strongest records that she ever put out, in my opinion. And, you know, it's got that 120 BPM. <laughs> you know, you could blend it with house music or pop music or whatever. So I did vote for that record. All right. Best R&B song going to SZA, uh, Snooze. Yes. All right. Uh, That's a babyface joint, so that was one of my picks as well. Okay, so compare that to Victoria Monet. With uh, she was in that list, Coco Jones was on that list as well. Did SZA deserve the spot there? And again, that was one of your picks for the Grammys, right? Yeah, because you got to understand that a lot of people make good albums, and I think that was the best single out of the five picks. You know, it's funny. Black and Abdallah bring this up all the time. Like, what's the song of the summer? Uh, for Cap and I, it's like whatever song that seems to fit the mood, that's the song of the summer. Yeah. But when it comes to song of the year, you have a lot of choices here. Cy- Miley Cyrus is on here. There's Kill Bill that's on here. Anti-Hero with Taylor Swift. But song of the year, what was your choice in your voting for the Grammys? I did. I think I did. I did SZA on that one. All right. And it, would be, and it ended up being Billie Eilish. Uh, what was I made for? Yeah. I, you know, at, I think that record... I did pick Billie Eilish in one category uh, for the soundtrack. And I think that, you know, it's just opinion based. So you got to go off that. And then when you try to talk about the song of the summer, it's actually the most popular song. Mm -hmm. And so it's just all opinion based. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people put out a lot of great music uh, last year. Okay, so as far as the best artist to you, I mean, we have album of the year. It was Taylor Swift, Midnight's. Yeah. Do you, did you agree with that, or was there a close second? It was just too close, man. And that's was, her fourth, right? Yeah. Fourth time. It was too close, but I did pick SZA, uh SOS album for album of the year. All right. So uh, tell us how the, the process is for this, because we know from the sports standpoint, you fill out your ballot. Some people show it on social media. What's that process for you to, for, to be a Grammy guy it's hundreds of categories so you pick the 25 categories that you want to pick in you can pick in any category so uh yeah that's pretty much the process you just pick the 25 uh categories that you like and i have some likes and i have some dislikes so uh one like as uh, little dirt got his first grammy mm-hmm. uh for uh all my life with j cole so i thought that was good i voted for him uh, seeing Billy Joel perform uh, in wow. over 30 years, that was super dope. Crazy. Joni Mitchell performing. She never performed on the Grammy, so I thought that was a good look getting her up there. After everything she'd been through, but the best performance of the night, I felt, was Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Oh, that yeah. was, was and, awesome. And her song, like, rocketed to number one, like, overnight. Yes. She's like, she tweeted, this is incredible. Yeah, that was the best performance of the night. The dislikes, uh, I voted for Killer Mike's album uh, to be the best rap album of the year. Um, it came down to three albums. To me, it was uh, Travis Scott's album and it was Nas' album. But when you played them back, I felt like he had the best offering for the uh, rap album of the year. But I didn't like him getting arrested. And being carried out in handcuffs. So what's up with Killer Mike being arrested? He gets, <laughs> Come on, it's man. a great okay. night for him. He gets arrested. Okay, wait. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Like, I'm not the biggest music guy. We all know that. You know, everyone has a laugh at it. That's fine. How does Killer Mike get 
arrested and taken out in handcuffs. It's a, it's a hard ER, by yeah, the way. It's, it's killer. It's killer. It's, 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 okay. it's one of the few times you actually can use ER at the end. Oh, Go ahead. I thought it was killer. Oh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever. We don't, need to, we don't need to put the A on it. It's all right. It's okay, Kev. You can use the ER in this spot. Okay. Go ahead. How, well, how do I know? Why can Killer Mike yeah. get arrested and Will Smith physically assaults someone and does not get taken away? Uh, that I don't know, but what I did find out was it was an altercation with security. Now, Killer Mike is not the type of person that, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not he's not a confrontational guy. He says he says his things and, you know, he does what he does. But I never known him to be confrontational like that. So, obviously, I don't know what happened. I just call him Michael Render. That's what's real. <laughs> there you go. There I don't you want go. to get in trouble now. Kill go. him, Mike. And another dislike was I didn't like Taylor Swift not addressing uh, Celine Dion when she got on stage. Mm. It was like she just took the award and just didn't even like pay homage to her or or anything. So, I, I didn't like that. Can I ask a question? Yep. Why did Taylor Swift have to drag Lana Del Rey up there with her? <laughs> Hey, I just beat you for this. Let me bring your ass up on stage and rub it in your face. Because you know what, and it's a great point, Jay Moore. Because here's Miley Cyrus saying no. Um, God, what's her name? What's her name? Miley Cyrus won the first award. Yeah, and it was oh, drawing a blank. Who who did the uh, the award ceremony there? Who gave, gave oh, the award? It was Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. Yeah. Said no, Mariah, don't go away. I want you to be here in my circle while I give you know my acceptance speech. Yeah. Because usually the presenter fades in the background. Like no, she was right there in the spot. So no, I thought that was odd too. Yeah. When she came out on stage and you know they cut to Taylor, Taylor was clapping and, and stuff for her, and I felt like Taylor when she got on stage, she would like embrace her because you know she'd been through a lot with you know her condition and stuff. She can't even sing anymore. Um, something about um, so is there anything else that stood out most about the uh, the Grammys for you? Uh, the Jay Z, uh, <laughs> the Jay Z uh, going Kanye for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, he has a valid point. That's his wife. She has the most Grammys, but in my opinion, I don't think Beyonce make great albums. She make great singles. So. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she, you know, I haven't listened to a a full Beyonce album all the way through. So, uh, the Jay Moore just hit Beyonce with a Mac truck. I I love it. And and the same with Taylor. She got some good singles too, but it's all opinion based. By the way, did you see Taylor and Celine Dion posed? Like a really cool Taylor hugging Celine Dion Entertainment Tonight put it out and everyone went, okay, all good. That's awesome. Well, that's after TV time. Right. Yeah, I heard Taylor bailed Killer Mike out of jail, too. She probably was informed that, hey, you didn't it's talk to her. You didn't Get talk right. to Celine Dion on stage. And so she made good after that. So, you know, it um, is what it is. What is Killer Mike's real last name? What did you say the name? Michael Render. R-E-N-D-E-R. Okay. It's hard E-R on the last name, too. All right, coming up next. No, it's Renda. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love I love Shay off the top rope. It's okay, Cap. It's okay. You can That's, do it this time, buddy. It's okay. He's yelling. It's Usually okay. you can't, but this time. It's all right now, Cap. It's all right to do it. Killer, Mike. Killer. Yes. E-R. Hard. All right, coming up. Caleb Williams' last Instagram post is going viral. We talk about that in two minutes on Cap and Jay Hooder.